This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me are my partners in crime, Lon and Mariam, minus the Jaeger bombs. <laughs> hey y'all, uh, shout out to our 90 Day What the Fuck listeners. I want to tell you guys, where is the money? And if you can find it, drop some of that into Patreon and subscribe to us so you can hear even more funny things from us. <laughs> uh, yeah, and please don't cry because your tears mean nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Alicia. Anyway, Elisha. we'll get... Alicia, sorry. We'll get to her in just a bit. Part of our tradition is to start with Andre and Libby. Oh, man. What can we say about Andre and Libby? So it was more of, I think, her brother and her dad uh, just kind of being, I don't know, more uh, just being very American, I just want to say. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was like they're, you know, I don't even I don't even I don't even know what to say. They acted like they'd had no responsibility in what happened. And I, that was just I don't know. It felt very American for them to do that. I don't I don't, I don't really even know if I'm getting my point across, but like they felt like they had no like responsibility like they didn't provoke him that he owed them an apology and that they weren't supposed to apologize to him. It was almost the same kind of gaslighting um, that occurs with, with some of the other couples where they wash their hands of like whatever they did. And it's like, Oh no, we, we were just doing this. You know, they, they did enough to where they could phrase it so that they sounded innocent. Like, Oh, what was that about? We weren't, we didn't say anything bad. We were just saying, Hey, can you guys tell us a few stories about back in the day? You know, what, what's, what did you guys do in the past? And they, they phrased it so like they came off as if they were just, oh, we're just, you know, we're just curious. Tell us what you guys did, how things were uh, growing up and stuff. They made it seem like they didn't do anything wrong when we all saw that that's not how it came off. And that just pissed me off. That just made me mad. Do you guys I think t- that the, the apology from Andre was sincere? Or did you think it was a strategic move from him because he needed Chuck's wallet? I think I think that's exactly what it was, you yeah. know. I mean, Lon, I I feel you on everything you said, but I also feel like when someone is your guest, you have to show that hospitality, which I don't really think that they gave to Libby's brother and father. Mm-hmm. They're strangers, you know. They're your guests. They're they're gonna pay for your wedding. You know what I mean? Like, fake yeah. it. <laughs> like, just be fake about it. You know what I mean? Sure, you don't like your dad, but I mean. How are you going to like have the balls to like cuss him out, cuss his kid out and then expect him to drop, you know, 15, 20, 30, whatever thousand dollars on a wedding. I don't think that's cool. Right. Um, and I, Telling him to pack his bags and leave was, was a step over. I'll admit. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's true. 
and the whole oh i was drinking too much that that's not an excuse i'm sorry that's just not gonna cut it in my book i still think andre is just a jerk so i'm kind of team libby's family on this one i'm i'm with the Flo- the floridians guys Miriam, so you did get it right based on what you said in our last uh, podcast episode, which is like, you know, blaming on the alcohol, which is what Andre did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you, Miriam, in that they're his guests. So even if he hated their guts, he should not challenge them to a fight. He should be a little bit more accommodating, especially since it was last minute. You know, the whole second wedding was a last minute notice to Libby's family and they were all inconvenienced and if anything they're probably very salty having to travel to Moldova of all the mm. European countries you know it's not like they're going to Paris or anything they're going to like some obscure Eastern European country at the last minute and they all have families so for Andre to act a fool at that dinner yeah it, they definitely don't deserve it but at the same time I can see how Chuck is holding the you know his check over his head yep sense that okay i have the upper hand you have to roll out the red carpet for me because i'm paying for this event to happen and i think that's kind of an unfair treatment as well towards andre so i i can see how andre feels annoyed by libby's family especially since you know in front of his friends you you don't want to talk about the past right and mm-hmm. maybe andre is hiding something but I personally think it's not comfortable or polite to ask someone about their past in front of their friends because it's such a huge embarrassment, you know. It's putting him in in an uncomfortable position, you know, at a dinner table. I don't think that's cool. I was going to say, but do you think that his reaction was, like, justified? I mean, does he have to take it up the ass so hard? Yeah, no, especially calling calling Charlie, like, fucking fat. Yeah, no, I don't think that's that's nice. But yeah, I, 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 I was going to say, like, the other thing that I think is not cool is Chuck calling Andre's parents' house the projects. Yeah. Do you guys catch that? Like, he said, hey, I, we came from the projects, and our Airbnb feels like we're back in South Beach, and it almost feels like even Hollywood Hills. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's not nice. Yeah, that's not polite to, like, call your, your host, you know, apartment the projects you know that's just how they live everyone lives in a high-rise building like you don't have to shit on their house just because you came from florida yeah but but that's the thing they came from florida to, so based <laughs> off of that maybe i don't know if that's a compliment you know I mean? or an insult <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> i couldn't tell there <laughs> but you know what i mean like like that's just their perspective like that's like in florida like unless it's a certain way it's the projects i don't know I, I just feel like you have to take everything they say with a grain of salt and also wear your Floridian lens to kind yeah. of see what they're saying. Right. Do you guys think that it was reasonable for Andrea to ask Libby to broker peace between her and her family? Or was he just, you know, is this another one of his, like, you know, hiding behind Libby situation, right? He's always copping out in that, in that sense, right? right? Do you guys see a pattern here? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I just I just think he doesn't like to talk to Libby's family at all. He'd rather she just go ahead and speak for him. Yeah, so I feel like he's scared because he knows he kind of fucked up this time. 
So I think that he knows that Libby is going to kind of give him an opportunity to apologize. Otherwise, if it was Andre directly to his father-in-law and brother-in-law, I don't think it would have went as well as it did. Agreed. Next up, Colty and <laughs> Jess. Colt, the, you know, I good person, I good boy. <laughs> but you crazy. <laughs> uh, Colty, good American boy. That scene pissed me off, man. Uh, the first one. I was hoping that she came up because the way he described, the way he told the story, he was like, she came into the building with a, uh, and I heard her yeah. talking to another dude or something like that. I thought she was savage enough to bring her ex, you know, know. to the hotel and flaunt the ex around. And then you find out, no, she was just talking. To she like shouldn't have come back. I, I, I wish she hadn't come back because that's yeah. like, you know, you're giving him a second chance. That might have been the producers like, hey, you need to, you need to come back. <laughs> hey, remember that cameras. contract? <laughs> yeah. What really pissed me off, though, was how, again, he tried to flip it on her. Like, it was her yes. fault when she asked him, when she, like, questioned him or, sorry, told him that he was lying and stuff. He didn't answer the questions. He answered her question with another question. And he, he tried to change the subject and make it about her throwing shoes instead of him lying. I said, why are you lying? Why did you throw your shoes? I know. What the fuck How up, does that bro? equate? That's not equivalent. Yeah. Dude, you, just, you lie. Right. And you I lie. think he's, he does this often enough um, to where like he's able to manipulate women and to manipulate conversations like that. So I, I just didn't like it. I, yeah. I totally agree. I was a little bit disappointed that she forgave him so easily. I thought that yeah. was some bullshit. I was yeah. like, okay, you fucking threw your shoes at him. You know what I mean? You went and threatened him to go, you know, go away with your ex. You called him trash. You you did all this stuff. And then, like, the, he just pretty much just furrowed his eyebrows and said, we're just friends and all this stuff. And then it was, like, okay. And, like, three seconds later, I just, I could not really wrap my head around that. Like, if I was Jess and I was not livid and I find out that this guy is, you know, lying to me like i would have been pissed but then colt was like yeah i asked i asked your dad for your hand and you know my intentions are good and vanessa's just a friend even though i could have sworn we talked about how he already smashed vanessa like they already, already slept right yeah yeah they did. so I, I was a little bit disappointed you know debbie was over there like cursing the day she was born and she was right at gtfo from brazil mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little bit uh, annoyed with Jess. Like she was like this like strong woman. And then she just kind of like, you know, ended up just caving in after this guy just, you know, gave like this empty apology. Yeah. yeah. I was definitely disappointed. She shouldn't have uh, let him off so easily. You know, is, is it just me or should Colt be wearing a bra? Sorry, I'm not a fan. That's why I, I, I'm not going to be popular with all the Colt fan club. Though I'm, I, I would be questioning why you're fans of Colt. But yeah, yeah I, every time I see him, I'm like, dude. I'm sure there is, there, there is a very small, small, small chance of a faction team Colt. Yeah. The Colt I mean, cult. he's, he's like, what, like a good double D? Like, he's a good handful. Yeah. You know he what is. I mean? <laughs> Like, I mean, you can easily grab those titties, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> he'll, he'll keep us abreast of the situation. Exactly. <laughs> well, who oh, was God. that? Shout out to the meme account that created that. Yeah. Like 90, day, 90 days really or something. We follow yeah. a lot of great meme accounts. <laughs> I know. 
Man, that'd be so... That side-eye action, yeah. lurker. <laughs> She's like, don't propose, don't propose. Don't propose. Oh my God. <laughs> Come on, Debbie. She's terrible. She is terrible. She sounds like she has something stuck in her throat every time. I don't know why. Like, the way she talks, like, it's like, never mind. I, let's just I say tol- I'm not I totally feel you. I hear it. <laughs> right? I hear it. Like, you just want to tell her to swallow every time she yeah, talks. Like, swallow and then commence to speak. Debbie. Yes. Yes, Debbie. <laughs> swallow first. Anyway, how cute is uh, Larissa and Eriki? They have like the cheesiest pickup line for each other, right? I mean, it's cute that they made up. So I'm glad that they made up. Um, I know not not much happened in this episode besides the fact that Larissa sort of had her sentence reduced to simply, what was it, misdemeanor? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that scene. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. I'm happy for her. Good behavior pays off. Exactly. <laughs> but then the scene where, you know, she and Eriki made up, it was really cute. When she said like, no, the cops should come because you stole my heart. And I was like, Aww. Aww. That was so corny, but so <laughs> cute. Corny, but right. cute. So and she cute. said, she even said like, I love you more than the sun. And I'm she like, did. Oh, and I was like, what? She's de- I thought she was playing it up for the cameras. I don't know about all that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I like how Eric was also kind of gushing over her and saying, you know, I've never met anyone like her before and she's special and this yeah. and that. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually, I felt something there from him. Um, otherwise, I kind of didn't really get much from him. So that was nice to see. Yeah. I just thought it was cool. I don't know. It, it seemed like a scene from a movie almost where he's just cooking breakfast. She comes into the kitchen and sits down. He's just like, what's up? You know? And she's like, so (laughs) let's talk about it. And he's like, let's talk about it. And I thought that was cool. Um, She kept saying though, that like he doesn't apologize. And I caught his apology many times. It was uh, from the beginning though. It wasn't that she wanted an apology she switched it up and said she wanted an apology. But when he apologized, like two, I want to say it was two episodes ago, she said she, she didn't want the apology. She wanted him to tell her everything that he told other people. She wanted him to say X, Y, Z. This is what I said about you. And, you know, and to get into detail. Because I remember him saying, look, I'm sorry about the things I said. And she said, I want you to tell me everything that you said about me. And he gave the apology already. And then all of a sudden, like, now we're getting this whole narrative that, oh, I just wish he apologized. He doesn't apologize for anything. He did. That's not what you initially wanted, though. So I think she kind of also settled for that and that his explanation was good enough. That he said, look, it doesn't matter what I said. We were broken up. Why are you digging up the past anyway? He was making a lot of points that we were trying to make in, in our like podcast. Like, look, if we're going to be together, these are things that happened um, be- while we were broken up. And we're just going to have to act like that didn't happen. Or we're going to have to get over it and just continue from here. So I think she was fine with it at that point. I'm also kind of sad that Larissa doesn't really have a big part of the show this time. Like it felt like she was carrying her season when she was actually in it, introduced for the first time with Colt. It feels like Colt's like the bigger star this season with all his drama with, with Jess. 
So I hope that we can see more with Larissa and her relationship with Eric. Yeah, I see that too. Their scenes aren't as, I guess, exciting. As much drama as there is with Larissa and Eric, the narrative seems to be more entertaining with the whole Debbie, Colty, Jess trio thing going on. Wow. Yeah, I can see that. And so the downward spiral that is Karini and Paul is starting to show, you know, in the last episode. What do you guys think of how Karini behaved? What do you speculate? Why is she in such a bad mood? Because it seems like she's not angry. She might be angry in general, but when Paul's mom came by, Karini said, I'm feeling bad. It's not you, okay? Mm-hmm. So it seems like she's pissed at Paul, but I wonder mm-hmm. what Paul did to make her lock herself up in the bathroom for four to five hours. Is that what happened? She yeah. locked herself in the yeah. bathroom for four to yeah. five hours. Yeah. And ac- according to said. Paul, that's normal behavior for her. Like she'll shut down and just lock oh, herself up. Oh, wow. I might have missed that. Do you wow. think it's depression? Because that would happen when Pierre postpartum, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I mean, Maybe she really misses her family, but I wonder mm-hmm. what what's causing her to like really shut down. That's kind of my guess, guys. Like I, I was gonna say that when I see her, I just see depression. Mm-hmm. I don't. It, it could be the postpartum depression, or it could just be like just normal depression. I mean, like her behavior, it kind of falls all into that category. I mean, she's just really unhappy with Paul. He's not providing for her her family the way she envisioned or the way he promised, perhaps. Uh, she's away from her support system. She's not really seeing any progress with Paul. And honestly, like, imagine having to see him day in and day out. I'd lock myself in a bathroom also for five hours just to be away mm-hmm. from him. So right. I kind of don't blame her, honestly. Yeah. I feel kind of insensitive saying that, but I kind of get it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't take a lot of notes this episode, but now that we're talking about it and now that you're bringing up these points, there actually is a lot to unpack if we just kind of analyze the situation for what it is. And yeah, like you made a good point, Mary. It could be postpartum depression or it, it could just be depression, which are both pretty bad. And like, we have to also remember that she's also a real person not just a character on tv that we're watching she's very young she has a child she's in a country that she's not familiar with she probably had all these high hopes you know that america is this place and things will get better and if i move there things will definitely be better than how they are in in brazil and they're not and then you're stuck in this very small place you know with this guy who I hate to say it. I don't know if they love each other anymore. They were already having difficulties when she was in Brazil. Now she doesn't have that support system. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on here that we're seeing unfold um, and that we can speculate about. And um, I really do believe what we're seeing is the lead up to the whole blow up that happened a few weekends ago, actually, when, um, you know, with the protective order, with him saying she's been cheating. This this is pretty heavy stuff, actually, now that I think about it. Didn't they keep breaking up and making up? I think they've broken up a couple of times already, right? Along the way. I'm not, I mean, I don't really follow them closely, mm-hmm. but from what I've read, they've broken up and patched up and it has happened 
quite a number of time, even when they were in Brazil. Like when you say broken up, you mean like separated? Because they're married, right? Yeah. Well, Are maybe they? this. I thought ha- they married. In maybe Brazil. this happened before they got married, but oh, mm. maybe even when yeah, when they were when they're still married, like they they were not on speaking terms. Yeah,、um, they did that. <laughs> they yeah, totally did that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you guys are definitely onto something. Now that I'm recalling, like how she's been acting, it does seem like behaviors of a depressed person. And I mean, even if it's not clinical depression, like the fact that you're with a deadbeat like Paul, that would make anyone depressed. You know how he's not prioritizing his family correctly. Like he's not looking for a job. And I'm not sure if you guys caught what he said to his mom. You know, his mom reminded him again, like, go find work. And he's like,、right. "Well, I'm trying my best. You know, I, I I can't help it. Like, you know, it's beyond my control. Like, he's obviously referring to his criminal record.、Mm-hmm. And like, how many times are you going to use that as an, as an excuse? Like,、yeah. you're a father of a toddler, and very soon another baby, and you still haven't found a job.、Mm-hmm. You're just, I guess, depending on TLC money. Yeah." <laughs> Seems like it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that place I, was pretty dirty. I don't know if you. Yeah,、saw. it has a lot of flies.、Right? There was like, yeah, there were garbage. There was a really big, like, industrial-sized garbage bag, the black kind, the strong kind. You know, the black garbage bags are the strong、yeah. kind, right? Yeah. You could see it there, and then if you looked at the doorway, there was that, you know, flypaper. You guys, you know, flypaper looks like. You, it's really sticky and it hangs off. It looks really tacky. Kind of hangs off the ceiling. And it's just there, hanging like a strand or whatever, and flies Definitely, are you supposed to fly、things. into it. I did because <laughs> you don't.、Yeah. Is that why flies、That's、are、bad. there? Because like they're probably holding up a lot, few days trash or something. You heard it. Diapers. Did you hear it in his mom's voice? Yeah. She even said, "She said, Paul, there is a lot of flies here." <laughs> like she even she was surprised. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's not a, a, an environment that's like conducive to. A healthy mental state, right? Emotional state,、mm-hmm. and and when you're under this intense pressure of like raising a child, you're both unemployed, right? So unemployment, you're raising a child. It's all being captured on camera. There's the language barrier,、mm-hmm. like holy fucking shit, right? Like I would walk away too. I would seriously like not now. You know, I'm happy you came. I, I'm not in the mood. It's not you. Yeah. And where does she go? Nowhere, but to a picnic table, right? So I, yeah, it, it just now that we're really kind of talking about and delving into it, yeah. As yeah. much as there wasn't really enough in that scene, there's a shit ton that we can really speculate and talk about. So I bet in in Brazil, she could probably walk down the street. And be at a I don't know like a coffee shop or something.、Mm-hmm. Whereas in here in the U.S. in I guess middle of nowhere Kentucky, like she can only walk to the the park and、mm-hmm. that's it because she doesn't have a driver's license. She can't she drive. drive. Right. Yeah. And I guess she's using his Uber account or whatever. So、mm-hmm. it's not like she can do much. So I I can see how that would make someone be really depressed about that situation. So I really feel bad for her. I really hope things get better for the two of them. I don't know what's going on right now. I I know we should check their social media accounts and see what they've been up to. Hope they're okay. I hope you're、yeah. both okay if you're listening. Oh man, there's just a lot to see about 
Asuelu's mom. And ay, ay, ay. Her, I, I just want to throw the remote at the TV whenever they, <laughs> they open their mouth because it's so heartbreaking to hear the way they speak about needing money. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, how are you not listening to all the words that he's saying? You know, like he has a family. He even offered a hundred dollars, which I did my conversion. It's two hundred and sixty-two Samoan tala, which is the currency in Samoa. And for reference sake, how much can two hundred and sixty-two dollars buy you in Samoa? Well, let's see here. Rice, I would say like point one kg worth of rice is thirty cents. Oh Samoa. wow. Mm. So technically a hundred dollars can can support it's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. It stretches yeah. in it Samoa. It's yeah. a lot yeah, of money in way. America. hundred dollars right. is a lot of money here, guys. So I'm sorry. Let's true. just start no, here. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean don't shop at Whole Foods, obviously, right. before a hundred dollars, but it can get you a lot at grocery outlet, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. But like I don't understand why they're not listening to him. It's so heartbreaking, especially when he cried and he, and she's like, "Well, don't cry, my son." But then, like in the same token, she says, uh, "You know, if you got a big heart and you're a real Samoan man, then this is how you show your love yeah. to me." It's like, come on. I still yeah. expect that money. Yeah, <laughs> but, don't but, cry. Yeah. You ain't off the hook, though. <laughs> yeah, talk about guilt tripping, man. Like she's still number need one that at G. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he flipped the script quickly. He goes, "But I'm trying to live the American life now." Like, yeah, the, you know. <laughs> I think that that's the wrong way to say it, though, because now the sister and the mom thinks, "Oh, you forgot your roots. You forgot that you're a Samoan." But what he's trying to say is. I have a family. Life mm. in America is not cheap. It's difficult. And yeah. obviously, I mean, he failed to mention what he works as, which is a part-time mm. yogurt sampler, you know, person, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, the mom and sister should should empathize with him, but instead they think that, oh, you're hiding the money. Oh, Kalani is, is American, therefore she doesn't support the Samoan way of life. It's like mm. their interpretation of this whole situation is total opposite of what he's trying to tell them. Mm-hmm. That said, I I have to give props to Asuelu for standing up to his siblings and his mom. I mean, he he did not like explode or anything. He just stood up and leave and he tried to be cordial. Yeah, yeah. When he walked out. And yeah. and and I in a way too like he defended Kalani. Mm-hmm. You know he. He didn't like throw her under the bus, which is great because he wants her to be his bus driver, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I, I have to say I know we made fun of Aswelu this whole time, but I have to definitely take my hats off because he he did the right thing with the way he handled this situation. It was just very heartbreaking to see a man cry. So even if it's a man boy, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I also made the same note that he did the right thing, you know, standing standing by Kalani's side and not throwing her under the bus. He wasn't having it. He wasn't going to have his family talk shit about his wife. And um, yeah, tip my hat to you there, Asuelu. That was the right move. I, I think that was the right move. And at this point, I don't think it matters what he tells his family, you know, 
it's not a failure of understanding how his finances are. They want the money no matter what. That, that's the way I see it. Like no excuse is good enough. You know, it, it doesn't matter what he says. Their backup is always, you have to take care of us. And if you're short on it, Kalani's family will take care of you. Your priority is us. We want the money. And, um, it, you know, I saw a little sneak peek of the trailer and I, I think she keeps insisting again, like, no, like, where's the money? So <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bad position to be in, Asuela, and I feel for you. I don't know. I, I hate to say it. You might have to cut them off. I'm, I'm in the same boat as y'all. Like, I want to give props to him for standing his ground and I want to give props to him for telling his mom like look I don't want Kalani to think that you guys love me only if I give you guys money which actually is the case mm. had Ansuelo handed over a thousand dollars he would have been king of the house you know they would have been like praising him and kissing the floor that you know he's walking on and the fact that he's not doing that they're trying to majorly guilt trip him which I think is kind of dirty honestly the fact that he cried and his mama pretty much said, I don't give a fuck. I just need the money. That was rude, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she is going to push him to choosing his kids and his wife over her and his ghetto-ass um, half-sister or whatever those sisters are, the evil stepsisters. I think that is hard for him to do it, but I like that it, he did it without creating a huge conflict, right? He just, like, upped and walked away. Right. I can't wait for next week's episode because it shows that Kalani's, I'm sorry, that uh, Ansuelo's sister gets into Kalani's face. I am yeah. just, I cannot wait. My God. I'm just Kalani's like counting the days. Like, I would have dropped her. <laughs> and I, my money's on Kalani. Would, so. <laughs> yeah, I would take those odds to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for that too. Yeah, Kalani kind of got ghetto in the sneak peek there. So I, I, I cannot wait for her to like fire that warning to him. But yeah, like definitely different family values, right? You know, the Samoan family equates money to love. And here's Asuelu trying to tell them that, look, you know, Kalani's family, they love each other no matter what, whether they give money or not. I just resent the fact that the sister in particular equates the whole like, oh, being married to an American means you're bawling. Or being in the U.S. is balling. And we've talked about this before, too, in our previous podcast. But that shit is it's just so wrong for, mm-hmm. for people outside of the U.S. to think that, yeah, you know, people living in the U.S. are balling. Like, come on. I mean, life is expensive here. You know, we're not the Kardashians. We're not balling. Mm-hmm. Not all of us are, like, living the dream in the U.S. It's, right. That's just a myth, you know. We chasing the dream. Yeah, we chasing the dream. Um, for Asuelu and Kalani, uh, yeah, and that's why we're doing a podcast, right? <laughs> for Asuelu and Kalani, they're you know they're struggling. They have two kids. They're not working. I mean, Asuelu is a part timer. I just wish you know his his siblings would be a little bit more empathetic, you know, towards his situation. So my heart goes out to him. My heart also goes out to Michael because. <laughs> Once again, we witnessed how he's being emasculated mm. by Angela. I, I'm starting to think that they're definitely incompatible. This is a very toxic relationship that mm-hmm. needs to stop. 
it's toxic just for michael (laughs) yeah definitely definitely you know it's fine for her (laughs) yeah for angela it's all about penis warmers and handcuffs right but for (laughs) i don't know if you guys know this but michael tried to like stop her from lighting up her cigarette and you know what she did she tried to torch him with a lighter yeah in the car that's (laughs) trashy Oh in the gosh. car where the steering wheel is covered with an LV. Oh my <laughs> god, I saw that. that. I saw that. Bowling. I was like, damn, Michael, he got some Louis Vuitton up in that yeah. ride. But yeah, like, man, Angela's just being, and she admits it, right? She said she's bossy, yes, controlling, maybe, which is obviously a yes, not a maybe. <laughs> not maybe. Yeah, I know. Like, what is she thinking? It hurts me to see her talk down to Michael. Mm-hmm. Like, do you guys agree on that part where she said, don't raise your voice in front of your aunt? I'm like, dude, he's asking you to calm down. You're the right. one who's raising your voice. He's asking you to calm down. And she's like, don't ever talk to me like that. Don't ever raise your voice to me in front of your aunt. And I'm like, who's raising whose voice? Like, right. <laughs> Do y'all think like the second Michael gets the green card, he's gonna yabba dabba do his ass out of oh, Angela's yeah. house? <laughs> of course. I mean, that's all I, I wish say. he would. Yeah, I wish TLC would. Wish he that. would. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna happen. Honestly, when you treat someone like shit, the second they have to escape that situation, they will. Yeah, I'm almost hopeful that she said because at the before the scenes ended, she was like. This this marriage is over. Or this wedding is off. I forget what she said. I'm not. She said something. She yeah. alluded to the fact that they're not going to get married or whatever. And that was actually like the upside to things, because she keeps making this. Right. She keeps yeah saying things like it's going to be fifty fifty and we're equals and stuff. And it's not. You can already yeah. see that it's her way or the highway, all the yeah. time. They even gave her. They gave her three options of how we can work this whole situation out oh, it's got to be this. He's going to have concubines. Oh, no, it's going to be this. Maybe he can have a baby. You know what I mean? There were like three different fucking options. And she said no to all of them. Okay, well, so much for like compromising, right? Like the final one I think was, okay, no concubines, no other woman. But if you're going to be his woman, then you have to like... Satisfy him sexually. You got it. Yeah. You know, like you had to be, you know... I guess it, the whole submissive thing he yeah. has to, you have to submit Make to him his, happy. whatever. Make, she wasn't having that either. Yeah. So what's all this 50-50 talk then when it's just going to be you? That's just, it's whatever you say. We already see how you're treating him in his homeland. How much more is it going to be when he's actually in America? I really hope for his sake that they don't follow through. And if they do, that he does leave. That once he gets that green card, he's deuces because- they're not they're not gonna be he's not gonna be happy she might i don't think he is do you even get the sense that angela was resenting the fact that she had to go to this counseling she acted like this premarital counseling is beneath her Mm. she put up a stink just just going to this counseling because she's like why do we need this? Is this a religious thing? Is this part of your culture? And he's like, no, it's just administrative. It's like Mm -hmm. Everyone goes through it. Like, no matter which country or no matter what religion, I think in a lot of countries, actually, they make you go through a premarital counseling, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just how it is. 
And for her to act like it's such a huge inconvenience. I mean, everything that Michael does, everything that is about Nigeria, everything that is about the essence of the Nigerian culture bothers Angela. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she's, she's one of these people that are just super insensitive to everything around her. You know, she's like in a foreign land, completely different culture, and she doesn't even like respect it. She doesn't pretend to respect it. She doesn't even like pretend to kind of like bullshit her way through it. It's just like, it's just like always like a hard no. It's, it's never like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's meet in the middle. Or let me try to explain to you, you know, my perspective. It's always just like she's lashing out at him. She's like barking at him. She's like, you know, demeaning him, degrading him. And she expects him to put up with it. Or you know what? She has that axe over his head. We're not going to get married. And then what does he do? He just, he shuts up and she's fucking grooming him, you know? Yeah. She's grooming him to like this submissive husband role, whatever it is. And it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I mean, Michael's aunt... She's like just speaking so much truth, I feel, when she talks. Yeah. And I feel like Angela is just like, I don't want to hear it because Michael is telling me this bullshit when we're alone. And that's the bullshit I want to listen to. I mean, not to say that Michael cannot change and not to say that they cannot have a 50 50 type of relationship where they're both equal partners. I definitely think that's possible. But I don't even think Angela is cool with that. She wants to have the upper hand. It's like more like 90 10 from Angela's yeah. perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wish that, you know, she would come across, you know, a little bit more understanding and a little bit more sensitive to the Nigerian way of life, the culture, like everywhere she goes, everyone she speaks to is telling her the same thing over and over. So I wish that she would just kind of process it. Yeah. She keeps saying like, oh, you're marrying an American woman. What about the fact that you're marrying a Nigerian yeah. man? Why can't she you go She needs to marry eat? an American man Wait. then. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. How she feels. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, Miriam, I agree to what you said about the aunt. Like, Aunt Lydia is not playing around. She even told Michael, like, are you really that desperate to marry a white woman that you, you're willing to bring down your honor? Because, like, even, you know, like, put yourself in her shoes. You're witnessing this old woman from a foreign country talking down to your relative. Like, I would feel offended if I were her. Like, it's super cringy behavior, super rude her and and her red marlboros being toted in her boobs like come on man she's what is that shit does she like not have a purse i mean like i know right what's what's up with that guys (laughs) she can buy a new house but not a new purse like come on angela (laughs) go to like ross or whatever like go buy yourself a, a cheap purse or something goddamn I was waiting for a scratch and wind to fall out of that. Oh, God. <laughs> I bet you, like, if she reaches in there, she's got the top five things in Angela's boobs. Guys, let's do it. Beef jerky. <laughs> chewing cigarettes. Gum. Chewing, chewing gum. gum. Gotta be in there. What else has she got phone? Her phone, her obviously. Phone. Yeah. Her phone and then the scratch and the, the scratch <laughs> off. The scratch. Yeah. <laughs> the lottery yep. ticket. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listeners, if, if you're hearing this, submit your top five things that you would expect to fall out of uh, Angela's chest, <laughs> her, her toting chest. <laughs> Wait, I, I can't take back the, the cigarettes, and I want to put in there, like, a MAGA hat. Oh. <laughs> she probably has a MAGA hat or Maybe the, mag, the MAGA hat was, is at the back of her shirt or something. You know? like she, <laughs> she can totally 360, right? Like, all yeah. around her. It's in there somewhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. Anyway, I hope Michael gets out of the situation. I know he's really wants to go to the US. You know, one of our followers on Instagram feel sorry for Michael saying that, you know, I think we all know he wants to come to the US, but Angela is just super trash, right? She mm-hmm. did, he he deserves better. Um, yeah, he, he can do better. He can definitely do better. I don't know about Sinjin though. I mean, can he do better than Tanya? What do you guys think? So what I figured out after this segment with Sinjin and Tanya and Sinjin's friends is that Tanya and Sinjin had a one-night stand in South Africa. They hooked up. She moved in with him. And then guess what? Then they got married. That's kind of like this, the, their timeline at this point. And it makes me understand why they're so incompatible. Like they never really had a chance to be by themselves in South Africa. They were like in this weird setup. And then the 90 days was just so fast. And 30 of those days, you know, she was in Costa Rica. And he's, he's not happy either. I don't know. He's like gained a bunch of weight. He's just like super happy with his friends. Like he never really seen that, that side of Sinjin. His mother is, is like, this guy's a free spirit. Like, don't try to stifle, stifle that. Like he won't be happy. And then you have Tanya who has like her agenda. Like, this is what I want. This is, you know, I want it this day and I want to send you, you know, and it's just not going to work. I just feel like this is like a doomed relationship and he needs to get the fuck out of Connecticut and he needs to just go back to South Africa. Like, my God, that must have been such a cultural shock for this guy, you know? Yeah. Imagine South Africa and fucking Connecticut. Yeah. So, yep. Yep. You know, I, I hope that it works out, but I, I just don't see it. He looks um, healthier. He looks happier with his friends and at home. So uh, it, it kind of just proves that I don't think he was ready for this. We already know that there were things they hadn't hashed out yet before they said, you know, that they were going to get married and stuff. But um, just kind of seeing him in his, in his home environment with his friends and with his family, this is actually the real Sinjin. And what we're getting when he's with Tanya is him not being his true self. If, if that's the right way to phrase it, not mm-hmm. being himself, period. We're kind of seeing a guy who's in a relationship and, and might have his happier moments, but is still not happy, I guess, not fulfilled. And I, you know, I have to dig through their socials because in their socials, they kind of look happy. It's, it's, it's a different story, though, when, uh, than the narrative that they're showing on, um, on the show. But don't you have to look happy on your socials? I mean, who posts like miserable photos of themselves? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just what you do. Social you media isn't real yeah. either, Lon. <laughs> <laughs> you're so fucking right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're so right. I like seeing the bromance between him and his boys. I mean, it's, it's definitely like, you know, on a different level, right? It's like bromance on steroids. And it's, it, I guess that's Sinjin in his most comfortable setting. Yeah. You know? Romance on Jaeger bombs. And, yeah, and Jaeger bombs <laughs> and South African lager, I guess. Um, but yeah, like, you know, you start to find out a lot of like what happened before, which is what Mariam just highlighted. You know, Tanya and him probably hooked up, right? I think they, uh, they met at a bar. Uh, Tanya was with someone else and I think it didn't work out. So she went to the bar and met him. And then next thing you know, she moved in with him and his, those two boys. And you can tell one of them was still not happy about the fact that she kind of self-invited 
<laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> he had roommates like, at the time. <laughs> yeah, and he even said that she was dictating how they should live. And I was oh. like, yeah, that sounds like Tanya. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, and you know, they were in this lust bubble. It seems like they rushed into the marriage for sure. For sure. And, you know, I think, Mariam, you used these words before. Sinjin is just that person that kind of, you know, he goes where the wind blows. So when Tanya says, do this, he just do it. He's pretty chill about it. And maybe it's only afterwards that he's starting to realize, holy shit, what did I get myself into? You know, like the U.S. is not for me. I was better off in Cape Town. So... I mean, it, it just seems to me that the honeymoon period is over and now he's starting to like realize what he's gotten himself into. The, the reality is sinking in and he's not sure if he can get out. I know some folks said that <laughs> one of his friends looked like Lord Baelish from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. <laughs> you know, fans of Game of Thrones, you, you guys might get what I, I just said because he does look kind of like Lord Baelish. The thin guy. Yeah, the, the thin the guy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I see it. So I was going to move on to the other way. But Let's before do I do that, I think I just want to say real quick that Erica, our favorite Erica Owens, will be shaving her hair for cancer. Yay. We're going to miss uh, the hair. We're going to miss the, the Wonka hair. Yeah. The pink but, and purple. Yeah, but really cool that you're doing that. Yeah. We awesome. love you. The world uh, needs more people like Erica. Mm-hmm. Agree. Seriously. 100%. I also want to say that, you know, if you guys caught Pillow Talk, David and Annie, they were cooking fried rice on their bed. Did you guys catch that? <laughs> I don't know. That watch was weird. The, I um, know, but. Dude, I'm here for it. <laughs> no, dude, I, I'm down to hear what y'all, y'all yeah, got to say about he, that. <laughs> she, he, he brought like like a cooker or something, a stove, like a portable stove, and put it on the bed. And then he cooked fried rice. And she tasted so, it and she said it was really good. And I was like, wow, <laughs> on the bed. So I didn't see it because I'm not, like, I, I just can't watch Pillow Talk. It's just too much. So I heard about it on social media. I kind of read about it. And I was just like, wait, what? So I, 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 don't, I don't really get it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They they always bring food to the bed, but this time around, like they really outdone themselves. They actually brought like a portable stove and cook like hot food on the bed, which is like super cool. But also like it's out of this world. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to Yazan and Brittany. This is like more of the same guys. You know what I mean? Like they're in a circle. She's keeping information from Yazan. Yazan has no idea. The parents are on a completely different page. The uncle kind of interjects now and buys them time, but they still have yet to address the big elephant in the room, which is the fact that Brittany is still married. Right. I don't like how Brittany kind of uses the hijab and like dressing, you know, conservatively as like a weapon almost against Yazan and his family mm. when she clearly has a lot of reservations about converting to Islam, but then in the back of her mind, she knows how important it is to kind of score those brownie points with his parents. So she, she like just walks the walk for like an hour, makes Yazan's parents happy. And then behind closed doors, you know, she has her full on wig and, you know, is dressed completely differently. I don't like how she does that. I feel it's a little bit opportunistic. 
Right. Yeah. And it also and it also comes across like like just not genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It comes across like fake and it comes across like she is like just kind of ignorant because the hair covering it, you know, there's like some deep meaning behind it, and the, and yep. you know, dressing modestly. There's thousands of years of religion behind it. Like, there's a reason, not just like it's a costume for like a couple hours, which is kind of how I, I think Brittany is treating it. Yeah. Um. You know, we've said this before. I think she's doing it all for clout. She's doing it all for the followers. I don't see much love coming from her to Yazan, but then vice versa. I just see, every time Yazan looks at her, like. He has these like little hearts in his eyes and mm. he just, he's like a little puppy, you know, <laughs> just like, you know, a little Britney puppy. And I feel like this guy's going to get his heart broken and then his parents are going to be like, I told you so. And then they're going to end up arranged marrying his ass to his cousin or something. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like, on, like <laughs> that's your punishment. Marry your cousin. <laughs> right. Well, let's allow me, let's see the cousin though. <laughs> right. So I, I feel like that's like, they're just so incompatible and it's painful to see it. And there's not much happening. I feel like they're kind of playing the same thing over and over, like in a different format. So like, I want TLC to give us some fresh content and quit dragging shit out when it doesn't have to like, just give it to us. We can take it. Yeah. Yeah, Preach. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that Miriam about how it seems disingenuous because I'd be falling for her shit. I'd be forgetting that, you know, when she, when she does wear the hijab and then she's like, telling the parents I'd like to get to know more about the culture and I'm sorry. I'd be like, oh, okay. I mean, maybe she's making an honest effort now. Bruh, that's and lip service. I don't be, yeah, I'd be in, in the moment. I'm like, oh, okay. But then we take a step back and actually just after you hearing you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, no, wait, I can't be falling for that shit. Cause it's, it's true. And um, this just seems like the calm before the storm. Um, if you may, cause in this episode, it seems like a step forward that they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you time because we want we don't want y'all to be unhappily married. So, yeah, take the time. And she's all, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But we all know that there's that secret still and that she's keeping that. And yeah, so it, it's going to be a step forward and then two, I don't even know, 10 steps back once that gets revealed. So, Yeah. I'm waiting for that to happen. They're they're kind of dragging this out. Let's let's get to it. Um, obviously, you know, it's a season long. I don't know how many episodes, but I, I feel like they they have to save that one for the finale. So I kind of get it. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, Miriam, I like how you unpack the whole uh, situation yes. on Brittany. Like you read her, you read mm-hmm. her well. But yeah, I, I don't like the fact that Brittany treats the hijab you know, all that modest clothing as, in a, as a uniform for her future in-laws, per se, right? To see her in when actually a she's not. Yeah, it's a, it's a disguise. Yeah. I don't like that. It's so insincere. Like you guys said, so in, disingenuous. It's, it's all an act. I'd rather her, you know, be her true self. I wish she had known what she's gotten herself into because it, it's like, she really thinks she can like corrupt Yazan and she's doing all this. It's, it's just for show. And I, I wish that, you know, she didn't have to go through all this. Just, just to like, just to have a storyline in TLC. It's just very insulting. You know, like I, I know she, she comes across as very nice, very mild mannered, but 
it's so obvious that she has no interest in embracing the the culture, let alone the religion. So, you know, I feel bad for Yazan now because it's such a waste of his time. Mm. You know, especially since she wasn't even upfront about the divorce right. to begin with. So, this is not going anywhere. And I wish TLC would just cut the crap and just finish this up. Anyway, we're actually two episodes to the finale, if I'm not wrong. I'm actually looking forward to the tell-all just to see what Brittany and Yazan has to say about each other. Moving on to Sumit and Jenny. What do we want to say about that accent wall? That was very Indian. Really? Why? (laughs) It's just like, honestly, like it just, I feel like the Indian culture is so colorful. Like the Bollywood videos, like they're so colorful in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I, I didn't expect anything less than a colorful, bright wall. So when they decided to do it like that fuchsia, I was like, okay, like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just like the color, the, the culture, the, the spices, the, the clothing, you know, it's just, I, I, I guess for lack of better words to explain it, I just, I feel like it, it's fitting. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was cute. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was a fun scene. The wall itself was a, was a nice color. It wasn't as entertaining. <laughs> still, it's this is still the story where, you know, I'll, I'll go to the kitchen, uh, do something, maybe take a quick little break. Or, I mean, I, I, I just it's not entertaining for me. Not entertaining enough for me to hold my attention. Um, it was fun to watch, but it didn't do anything for me in terms of, in terms of the show itself, or, you know they're advancing their storyline. Yeah, I want to say, to me, I feel like instead of painting that accent wall, I'd rather them clean the house. <laughs> it, looks, it looks unclean. I don't want to say, you know, dirty or whatever, but it looks like it could use a little bit more TLC. Before you paint it, you might want to scrub, you know, a few corners here and there. I'm not sure if you guys caught what she said. She said like, Oh, Sumit's Indian. They use their hands for everything. And I, I know... caught that and I was like, what the hell does she mean? Yeah, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> what is this innuendo? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You guys are right. Like, there's really not much. I just thought, like, for her to move to India, that was the happy ending for her, right? She kind of got her way. You know, mm. everything else is at this point miscellaneous whether or not he got the divorce papers or whether or not, you know, the family approves of her, like she, she basically won, you know, she's back. They're shacking up the end. Right. Y'all are together. I mean, that's, that's cool. Right. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Stay broke together. (laughs) Yeah. I totally totally feel you guys there. Like that's right. I'm rooting for them. No, don't get me wrong. I'm totally rooting for them too. I, I think it's somewhat factual because he, they did say like he has to pay for the divorce and mm-hmm. it was a huge amount of money. And she also said she didn't have a lot of retirement money left anyway. So I don't know what they do. They're not working. He's unemployed. She's not employed either. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I wish them well for sure. And I hope they, they do something, right? I, I hope they can support each other. That cameo money. Yeah, get that, that cameo ca- money. That cameo money. Get that cameo um, money. <laughs> yeah. Or TikTok. Maybe they can do Bollywood dance, right? <laughs> on TikTok. 
um, hey, why am, why are we giving ideas to them? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> We're helping them. Helping <laughs> I know. Them helping them out. So there's not much happening for Amanda and Kenny. Do you guys have anything to say about their talk over dinner? I wasn't really paying attention, unfortunately. I know I was just happy for them. I guess they were just reflecting on the the proposal and maybe they were high-fiving each other for not falling into the the waves or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was more more happy, wholesome stuff, kind of a break from all the drama. I'm glad that Armando's friends... Uh, from I guess San Diego, and and then they moved to his uh, to somewhere near his neighborhood or whatever. Were there, and were able to to support them and have dinner and stuff. So it was good. It was good, nice, wholesome, positive energy. You know what you'd expect from Kenny and Armando scenes. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, not really much to say. Looking for well, I mean, looking forward makes it seem like I'm looking forward to some of the drama, but I just kind of want to see how how they handle it and how it goes down is all I'm talking about the sneak preview yeah yeah i can't wait for next week's episode i do want to say that i'm obsessed with armando's daughter hannah she is such a model i'm not sure if you guys follow him on instagram but she it's adorable she's such a fashionista you guys you have to check her out on armando's instagram i i don't know if she has her own instagram but she's so well put together for a Mm. very young girl and yeah she's just you know she's so sassy and she dresses so well like her father really doll her up and i it was it's just very cute you you guys need to need to check that job armando i know right (laughs) good job Moving on to Ariella and Beanie. What do you guys think about the whole <laughs> baptism conversation? I understand that, yeah, that, that they have to be, I guess it's, it's no surprise to me that you have to be of the same religion, you know, but when he said the baby has to, uh, has to suckle, su- suckle <laughs> from a Christian, <laughs> suckle from a Christian breast yeah uh, before it can be baptized that i mean that's i don't know i don't know what to say about that but basically he was saying that the mom also there's just better ways to say that the mom has to also be a christian yeah or here's the thing right and i don't mean to sound perverted or anything but when he said that I was thinking like a good compromise because she's she identifies herself as a as a Jew, right? She's of the mm-hmm. Jewish faith. I thought maybe a good compromise would be for her boobs to be baptized. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like Not just yet. her boobs, just so that it, the baby can suckle from a Christian boob, but then she stays Jewish. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't get it how this guy's over here in the church putting all this pressure on getting Ariella baptized when he's over there, you know, playing the bongo drums on some girl's ass every night. Like, that does not really seem like a church-going man. Is that a baptized behavior. bongo? You know, you know what I mean? I'm just like, these guys in their double standard, these guys, right. like... I mean, you knew you knew before that uh, that Ariella was Jewish. I'm sure, like she wore, she had like the um, like the David. necklace on. She, exactly, yeah. she had the Star of David on her chest. Like I'm sure that's been on there for a while. Like 
Like you knew what religion she was in advance. You knew she's American. So you already have all these differences piling up on top of you. And yet you still just are insisting that, you know what, you want your child baptized and she has to get baptized. I think he's asking too much. I, I just, I feel like he needs to get his priorities straight. It's like, you know, he's going he's gonna to put up a huge fight with this whole baptism thing. But then when he's done, he's going to change into his gold shirt and then go and like do the piano on these like thighs. And I don't know. I just, I can't take this guy seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Religion is one of those things though. Those like really strong indoctrinations you know yeah. for 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 i wouldn't say everyone you know minus atheists obviously but it's just one of those things where when you seriously are into your religion and you know jewish people are and and christians are so it's just one of those things where it is one of those where you're someone's got to have to either budge or you're just going to have to toss it out of the window and just say we don't care so yeah that's that's a huge hurdle I wonder how her parents did it because she said she was Jewish. Or her, her dad's m- Jewish. Her mom's Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. So. Can be done, right? I mean. I mean, <laughs> they got around it somehow. Yeah. I don't want to jump the gun here, guys. But, you know, just seeing the sneak peek of next week's episode, do you think Ariella is starting to realize that Beanie's not for her? She looked like, very, very, very sad. Yeah, like she's starting to realize that her living condition's not ideal. Mm-hmm. Because think about how they're living right now. She goes back to the hotel that her mom's staying, I'm guessing. And once her mom leaves, she's starting to realize that, oh no, all that, all the comforts, all the amenities that she once had, you know, mm-hmm. her, her support system, her mom's going away. And she's now stuck with a guy who bongos his ex's butt for a living you know it's like she's it's starting to dawn upon her that she's marrying like this person i i don't think that with ariella it's like losing the amenities i think what's happening with her is her mom is leaving which is a huge support system for her i mean her mom came like 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 a champ with a good attitude you know, did her due diligence with the hospitals because, like, her grandchild and her child's health was, like, her priority. Had a fairly open mind. The whole, like, bongo drum scene, booty action scene, that kind of would make anybody's red flag go up, right? Which it did for the mom. But for the most part, I think the mom was, like, one of the better mother-in-laws mm-hmm. for the 90 Day Fiancé franchise. Yep. And, and with her, seeing her mom leave, I think it's really crushing. Like, especially about to have a child like every woman at that point needs their mom like you, you just need your mom it doesn't matter how amazing your husband is you just need your mom sometimes mm-hmm. and, I, and i think that's what she was realizing and i think that's what well that's like the pain we're seeing mm. good point yeah well from one uh, classy mother-in-law to a trashy mother-in-law in alicia <sighs> man i'm starting to hate and, and I'm using the word hate here. Hate Alicia and Devin for really beating down on Jihoon. Yeah. Because, I mean, just put yourself in Jihoon's shoes. Drusilla is not yours. And yet you're being expected to become an instant parent overnight. To know her quirks. To know that she likes to run around. And when 
things got a little out of control. I mean, thankfully, nothing bad happened to her. We thought that she's, she fell down, scraped her knees. No, she, she was okay. You know, right. They're not exactly in the middle of like a busy street. Like, yes, that she could have been hit by a car. But again, like nothing happened. And yet, Devin and her mom were so quick to blame Jihoon. What right. about looking at yourself first? Right. And, like, and like, you know, what about you disciplining your kid, Devin? Like, that's not Jihoon's daughter, you know? And let's, let's be, let's recap here. You know, Jihoon did carry her and she was screaming to be put down. And once right. she was put down, she took off. It, that's not his fault. That's out mm-hmm. of control. Kids run around. It just so happened that, yeah, it, I guess Devin and her mom got a little overdramatic and paranoid because it's, it's not the U.S. It's a foreign country and they, they're afraid that she might run into like a busy traffic, which is, again, like overreacting. Mm-hmm. But just like Asuelu, it, it's so heartbreaking to see Jihoon cry. And I think it's really sincere when he cried. And even when he cried, he told his mom to back off, which, again, I take my hands off. Like, you could have easily walked away with your mom and say, fuck this, I'm not going back with Devin and Alicia because I know they're definitely going to reprimand me for, like, for not controlling Drusilla. He could have done that, but instead, even as he's in anguish, even as he's wailing his heart out, he's still being reasonable and he wants to apologize to his mother-in-law. And I just hate the fact that they, they couldn't cut him some slack. Mm-hmm. You know, come on, this man, he's, you know, he's being expected to like be a parent overnight and you're, you're not giving him half a chance. What Devin and her mom did just left a bitter taste in my mouth. I, yeah, I, I feel you, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I agree, Nadia. I did not appreciate the way Devin and her mom uh, were treating Jihoon. I get it. He needs to be responsible, and they've been through this um, talk with with him already. But you know, I think raising raising children is difficult, and it's it's unpredictable. And she was all right, and they they just made it seem like, oh, he's, you're the worst, that something could have happened, you know? And yeah, like so many people online have, have are in agreement or, or share the same opinion that you're, you're blaming this guy, but what about you? Like, this is the person you raised. You haven't taught her how to behave in public. And then you're going to blame Jehun uh, for it. It was obvious she was throwing some kind of weird like fit when he when he was holding her and he put her down and she ran off. Like, how is that his fault? And I guess the counter argument to that from what Devin says is that when she told him to get her, rather than chase after her, he turned around and he started arguing with her. And yeah. that and you know, there's obviously some priority there that's that he's not calculating or whatever have you what the priority is her go get her why are you spinning around to talk to me about it and then she also got on her socials to bitch a little bit about it and say oh the cameras didn't capture it all this was the second time she ran off you know again 
how is that his fault? Right. Yeah. Like, so she said, Oh, this was the second time she ran off trying to say that he was being even more irresponsible. And that's what made them flip out that it happened a second time and that they were packing the van or whatever. And when she ran off a second time, the cameras didn't have enough time to catch it all. And what they did catch is the aftermath of what we got to, what we got to witness. But I don't think that justifies how they treated him. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And it's, again, this is more of that really disrespectful kind of emasculating behavior that we're seeing this pattern um, that we're getting these Angela's or whatever have you, these Lisa's and now these Alicia's, you know, uh, of coming to other country and just being disrespectful to anyway. Yeah. So well put Lon. I, yeah. I totally agree with you. I especially like how you said that, you know, kids are just very unpredictable because they are, you know, and Jehoon's like, you know, the, the evil monster right now. And any bad thing that happens, oh, it's just Jehoon's fault. I mean, not to say that I mean, he's far from perfect, right? But how, how do you expect him to improve himself as a human when you're consistently beating him down, right? Like uplift exactly. each other. Do you know what I mean? Like, what do you expect? Like, you know, there's like that experiment when you talk shit to a plant, it's going to die. Mm. so imagine right like imagine if you're always talking all this shit and beating someone down like what is your expectation from him so i mean again he's far from perfect but he's still a person with feelings and he's a human so i I wish that there was a little bit more understanding there and i also acknowledge that tlc does some crazy editing and makes us kind of think think people are a certain way when it could be um, a different situation in reality but i i agree i just don't like this whole you know, entitlement, like the Alicia's, the Lisa's, the Angela's, as you said, Lon, I, I, I hate that. I hate that. So I hope it gets better. Mm. Just want to put it out there. COVID was not started by Jihoon. So stop <laughs> blaming him for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. And on that note, we've reached the end of our coverage of Happily Ever After. And the other way, I believe there's just a couple more episodes before the finale. So as usual, let's wrap up with our WTF moment. My WTF moment was like all the fucking Angela 7-Eleven stash in her, in her fucking cleavage. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is the matter with her? Like everything that you fucking need was right there in her titties. <laughs> yeah i know for me it was the scene where alicia is just going off on jihoon and he apologizes to her numerous times and she keeps saying your tears mean nothing and there was this one part where she was super condescending and she said i forget how she phrased it but she said your daughter runs off somewhere in korea and it was really like, what do you mean by, what does that yeah. mean? What's that what mean? exactly does that mean when you said that, right? She and can I run away in Ethiopia. and Right, it, like that, <laughs> you know, like that mattered in some way. And if it did, why? What are you trying to say, you know, about Korea, about their country? So that really rubbed me um, the wrong way. That entire scene uh, was just WTF for me. Okay, well, let me say this. Uh, before I say my WTF, I guess I, w- I want to say that as a minority, I feel a certain kind of way when I watch someone like Alicia or Angela or Lisa or anyone that goes to other people's country and shit on their culture or mm-hmm. that talks down on someone that doesn't look like them. Mm-hmm. I, I get 
hypersensitive towards that. I just hope that we're not normalizing that on TV. I just want to say that that's not okay with me as a viewer. I don't condone that kind of behavior. It's bordering on, on offensive, but it's not terribly racist or disparaging. It, it's like there's hints of it, but I do get very hypersensitive when, especially when Alicia says things like that, you know. But yeah, my WTF moment is it's a toss up between Jihoon's crying and Asuelu's crying as well. I, I guess I, you know, if I, if I had to pick one, it would be Asuelu's plea to his mom to understand his situation. It's just super heartbreaking to see someone who's almost not acknowledging that their son is in pain or in anguish and trying to, you know, articulate what he's going through and to simply say like, okay, if you love me and if you're, you know, if you're my son, you have to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. That's just heartbreaking. I hate to see that. So, and of course, when Asuelu said, and I hate to imitate him, but he did say, they will die. I mean, that was just... (laughs) They will die. I mean, it's it's sort of sad, but also in a way comical. But again, like... (laughs) Again, he's trying to relay a message, right? And I wish his mom would be a little bit more empathetic. Right. Um, so yeah, that's my WTF moment. And I just want to share what our honorary member, Nita Mo, Nita Mo. Uh, said about her WTF moment, which is, well, she said there was more than one. Uh, she did mention that, you know, it's, you know, how terrible Angela treated Michael is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could talk to him better, but she didn't. And she did it in front of his aunt. And the next thing was um, what I just said, which is Asuelu's mom. Uh, she's a cold-hearted woman, not caring that he needs to take care of his family first before sending money to Samoa. I feel bad for the position she puts him in. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Nidamo. Thank you for Thanks the for contribution. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, uh, WTFers. Do you mind if I call you that? I don't know what to call y'all yet, but I'm going to go with WTFers. If you love the podcast, we'd love you to join our Patreon family. Every donation helps and gives you access to our discussions on a wide range of topics. Uh, We'll also be covering our favorite tearful twin sisters. You guessed it, Darcy and Stacy. We will be watching this season and that will be on the Patreon. So we'd love for you to listen in on that and share more of your WTF moments with us from that show. You can also show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple or anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, We don't get any kickbacks from it, but it is appreciated and really helps us out. Um, As always, please engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90dayfiancewtf. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are every Sunday and Monday. We might even shout you out on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening. And until next time, if you see Andre, please fist bump him. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Don't leave him hanging. Hey. 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 <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam, do you have anything to say? Um, just I appreciate all the support and that we, we love our listeners and we do this for you. So thank you so much for your support. Thanks, everybody. Bye.